My Talk 107.1. Hi, guys. Thanks for being here. Uh, Bradley is on a cruise. He's been waiting for this for a long time. We're so happy. He is gone on vacation, not because we don't like him, but because he deserves it. Yes. And Colleen Lindstrom is here, and she has joined me today. We're so excited to have her even almost all next week. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. Okay, so Colleen, last time she was here, turned me on to a show on Fox that she was obsessed with, and I'm like, okay, I'll give it a try. <sighs> and then I I thought I was just going to watch the first episode mm-hmm. just to see what it was like. I watched three in a row. Yep. It's called Special Forces. Mm-hmm. It's on Fox, and I watched it on Hulu. Yeah. So you and can now watch it's it on like Hulu. the whole season is available. Uh-huh. So if you binge it, you're not going to have to wait for a week to like get a resolution did. like I did. And so learn from my mistakes. <laughs> so it's season two that you were watching. Yes. I'm now going to go back and watch season one because I don't even know who the cast I is. I don't either. Okay. Yeah. So this is basically uh, you have four military personnel who are from, you know, you have people from the UK, you have Americans. It is taking C-list celebrities. Would I the C-list? I would say I mean, C, but yeah, some like, of them are know, hovering, hovering around yeah. the C range. Yeah, some of them are Olympians. So and some of them are JoJo Siwa, right? Exactly. Like, and some of them are Jack Osborne. Like definitely names. Some of them are names you'll know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So they're taking this group of fourteen and they're putting them not just through boot camp but special forces training. Yeah. And. It's not like they kick people off. You have to voluntarily withdraw. Yeah. You have to say, I can't do this anymore. And that's how you leave, unless there's a medical situation. Okay, so that's one of the things I find really interesting about this show. And there's no money. Nope. There's no prize money. It's just Mm-mm. how much can you endure? And they, you know, there isn't necessarily, I don't think I'm giving anything away when I say this, there isn't necessarily one winner. There's, you know, there. it's like if you make it all the way through... And then they deem, you know, you worthy. Yeah. They will bestow upon you kind of the graduate. Yeah. Like of this because program. you can make it all the way through. I didn't realize that when you get when I got to the end, uh, there were individuals who made it through the whole course, yeah. the whole eight days. And I thought, OK, well, then they're the ones that. Yeah. No, they're like, now we're going to determine whether or not we would actually want you to be next to next to us in battle. Yes. And they could have said with some of them, you passed all these, but I don't trust yeah. you to save my life. Yeah. So, so that was really interesting. It was. Yeah, it's so. But but there's something, too, about, you know, I don't know. We're so used to reality competition shows where somebody gets voted off and mm-hmm. there's strategy involved. That's not the case with this. It really is. It truly is about grit and um endurance mm-hmm. and mental toughness i mean oh. there's so much that goes into these people doing each of these challenges which are real special forces training challenges yes and so, there was an episode that i couldn't watch because it involved a helicopter going underwater i wondered about and that the people had to stay it they had a a helicopter suspended from a crane mm-hmm. they lowered it into a lake and the contestant, the person had was strapped in to mm-hmm. a seatbelt. So they're underwater and they had, it was lowered slowly. So they had to be underwater, hold the, in freezing water. Freezing water. And they had to breathe at exactly the right time. Right. In before, order to hold their breath under the water. For 15 seconds. Uh-huh. And then they had to, there was a scuba 
And well, there was one of the army special forces guys with scuba gear on after 15 seconds, they would time it. They would tap them on the shoulder. Then they had to undo their seatbelt, swim in the back of the helicopter, get a life vest and Mm -hmm. then swim to the surface. Yeah. Um, yeah. I couldn't watch it. I just saw some of the footage and I almost threw up. It's a lot. I mean, you, the water piece was probably enough for you. Yeah. I was trying to, this is the exercise I was doing while I was watching you were holding it, your breath, holding my breath <laughs> along with them and then realizing like I'm sitting on the couch and holding my breath. I am not actually under cold water, afraid, afraid, having to unbuckle myself, mm. move myself to the back of the Swim and then here. and then mm-hmm. float and then get, make your maneuver yourself out and then float up to the top. I mean, it's unbelievable. And that was pretty deep into the process. Yeah. So by then they'd really sort of separated some of the wheat from the chaff, right? Oh, like, oh boy, uh, yeah. The Tara reads from the JoJo Siwas. Yes. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So the cast was Des Bryant. We have Tara Reed, JoJo Siwa, Tyler Cameron. I had no idea who this. I d- I'm not a TikToker yeah. and I don't watch The Bachelorette anymore, so I didn't know that guy is attractive. Oh, he's a ten stunning. out of ten. Okay, yeah. Then we have Black China. Uh, we have Tom Sandoval. We have um, uh, Kelly Rizzo, Jack Osborne, Brian Austin Green, Robert Ori, Nick Vile, Bodie Miller, Aaron Johnson. Some of these are Olympians yeah. that you might not know. Yeah. And all of them, I don't know if you did this, Dawn, when you started watching it, episode one, I was taking inventory in my head. Oh, that person will make it far. Oh, that person's not going to make it very far. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we all knew Tara Reid was going to be bye. And like frail, bless her. She really is. And she put in an effort or something. I mean, she just is like probably 90 pounds. Yeah. They have to carry a 30 pound backpack on their backs. Yeah. It's just, I think what. I love the most is that it made me, I already have a deep appreciation for military mm-hmm. and what they have to sacrifice and do to make sure that we're safe. Yeah. This just solidified for me that they have to give up their whole identity. Yeah. Pretty much yeah. in order to sacrifice whatever, like the mission is most important. Your individual pain is not important. All of your, ego you have to leave at the door and they have to do this through a process they have to get to a breaking point yes and i appreciate the military so much right it just reminded me how much yeah so i don't want to assume that everybody who's listening knows who i am or why i'm here but i was on the station uh until about a year ago on this station my talk and i so i did all a lot of the projects down and dirty Mm -hmm. that's the plural projects down and dirties um, and we did one where we went to um, Camp Ripley, and we were embedded in the uh, in the um, military military. Camp. Yep, and we basically participated in a boot camp style, Man. and we did some actual drills, and it was, I mean, truly humbling. Mm-hmm. And I already had an appreciation for the military, and that like made it so much richer. And this, and you know, it's not something, if you don't have a family member in the military or you're not closely related to the military, it might not be something that you think about on a daily basis. But I really did after having that Mm. very short experience. And this reminded me, watching this show reminded me of that experience and even like made the appreciation deeper for all of the reasons you just said, Dawn. Yeah. Because 
you do have to, in order to rise above whatever personal pain point you're experiencing, mm. you have to remove yourself from it. Your ego has to take a back seat. Oh, yeah. And it's it really is something to to um, honor. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Yeah. So I, it was it's interesting because so there were people that I thought that would be better. No, I don't say better, but that would last longer mm-hmm. who didn't. And there were people who I thought, oh, that, you know, that person is going to get all the way to the end. And they absolutely did not. Uh-huh. Um, or people even that I thought, oh, that person will be out really soon. And they lasted far longer than I thought they would. Some of these things, I mean, they have these people push themselves to their physical limit where they're throwing up. Yeah, they are not able to stand. And it made me think about myself mm-hmm. because they would have pre-existing injuries like knee problems yeah. and I have a knee problem, yeah. so it made me think, would I bow out? Yeah, and what would it take to keep going through that? Because they were sort of chastised for that. Like, I know your knee hurts. Yeah. Everybody's knees hurt. Yeah. His back hurts. Yeah. He can't stand. Mm-hmm. So you're going to quit now? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. It made me really reflect on I maybe know. I'm using it as, as an excuse. Like, <laughs> like, what if I just put, you know, I yes. just love stuff like this way more than watching, like, you know, Hot Guy Island. Right. Right. I'm so much more interested in shows like this, yeah. like The Amazing Race and, and things like this. So, yes. That like good. test the human like capacity. That's the thing about it. That's so fascinating is like it really like pushes their capacity. It's yeah. unbelievable. And yeah. And I you love learn the show. so much about these celebrities. Yeah. Every single one of them is sobbing at yeah. some point in the show. Yeah. Very quickly here, before we wrap up, I want to give you a little plug for why you should watch season one. Oh, you said you guys don't even know who was on season yeah, one. Yeah, who's on season one? Um, we've got Kate Goslin from oh. John and Kate Plus Eight. I what? Not, what? We've I mean, got uh, Scary Spice, Mel B. Oh, Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Doctor yeah. Drew. Doctor Drew Pinsky. Stop yep. it. A whole bunch of athletes and Jamie Lynn Spears. I'm in. I'm all oh in. God. All oh in. All God. in. So season one, I think, is next for both <laughs> oh of you. I shall be watching that. Oh, you guys, it's just. Well, I mean, I don't know if everybody would like it, but for me, I loved it. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, and it's so good. I felt so bad. I never thought I would say this in my life. Tom Sandoval, I he's like remarkable. He you is, you like you get a know, whole different. He's like I want to punish myself because yes. I shamed my family and my family name is now ruined and it's because he had a freaking affair on yeah. reality tv yeah it's like guys it really put perspective yes to like but you also hear you there's a humanizing piece of it where you hear how how they're affected by the public's reaction to them you know i think it's really oh. easy to be a public and 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 say like well they're mm-hmm. the celebrity that's the, what they signed up for and yeah. okay fine Fine, I can. You can build a case for that, but they're still human. Oh, yeah, it really yeah. makes you reflect on yeah. how hard we are on people. Yes. Okay, so let's go to Speaking another. Of being show. hard on people. Oh. Well, still, we need to know this information. Colleen is going to share with us something about the Golden Bachelor that maybe we wished wasn't. True. Maybe he's not so golden. Okay, it's Don McLean for Livia Weight Control Centers. They are actually. Still doing their Black Friday sale because they've had so many calls, people wanting to get in on this, and for a good reason because they are offering up to 50% off your personalized program when you mention me. So all you have to do is call up and say, I heard this from Don McLean on my talk, and I would like my uh, 50% off. Well, it is the best offer of the year. You might be thinking, do I want to do this right before 
Christmas time. I think it's a great time, actually, because it involves way more than just you know, changing your diet. It involves looking at your entire lifestyle, how much water you drink. Uh, I don't know how much salt you have when you wake up, how much sleep you get. It's it's a comprehensive look at what you could do to change things in your life to lose weight. So I lost weight on the program. I highly recommend it. So sign up today, uh, Livia.com. That's L-I-V-E-A.com. Or you can call 855-GO-LIVIA. It's Don McLean for Livia Weight Control Centers. Welcome back to the Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. You're listening to my talk. 1071 Bradley is not here. He is taking uh, a vacation. He's on a cruise. So excited for him to have this much fun. He's been totally looking forward to it. And we're excited because Colleen Lindstrom is here with us. Thank you for having me, you guys. Yeah. I've got bad news for you. Uh-oh, what? Well, you it? know, actually, maybe it's not bad news for you, Dawn, because I know you're not watching The Golden Bachelor. I had every intention. I was so excited when they announced that they were going to have an older cast right but i ended up not watching it for some i don't know why i got behind and then i'm like okay well okay well the finale is tonight oh it is i believe it's tonight correct yeah i didn't even know it was still going yeah, on this is it tonight is it and we're down to the last two and our minnesota hero yeah. leslie fema is in the final two. Come on, Leslie. If you talk to Lori, she will tell you things might not go the way you want them to. Oh. But I'm, but that's actually, she got that from Reality Steve. And I just, oh. like, I've gotten to a point in my life where Reality Steve, I don't have time for him anymore. So. I don't look at him. He spoils too many things. It's rude. Yeah. And I am not here for that. I know that there are some people who get excited about that. Those are the same people who open up their Christmas presents and then rewrap them. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Or but, read the end of a book when they start. Right. Why like, are you doing that? What's even the point? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I but think Mike does that. Do you do that? Mike, right. do you read the end of a book? No. Okay. Okay. Why would I do that? I don't think so. But it I seems like somehow I had a thought that no, it doesn't seem like oh, okay. that. <laughs> I thought for some reason in my memory I hate being that you spoiled. Said, no. Okay. Good. I okay. Good. All of the things. Yeah. Okay. You want to go on the I journey? Learn. Exactly. I Which is the most most bachelor thing to say? <laughs> the journey. Yes. Yes. Are you here for the right reasons? Exactly. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Apparently, um, due to a uh, an expose in the Hollywood Reporter, we are learning. That Gary, the Golden Bachelor, mm-hmm. may not be as golden as you <gasps> want him to be. Oh. And I, listen, I uh, they have painted a picture of Gary as this wonderful, perfect, evolved man. On the show. On the show. Sure. And I love Gary. Don't get me wrong. But also, don't, let's not be naive, right? Like, the producers are going for a certain perspective. Sure. But... One of the things that Gary has said, so Gary start the whole show starts with Gary talking about his life and the loss of the love of his life, mm-hmm. his high school sweetheart. They ended oh, up getting no. married. She ended up dying suddenly and unexpectedly. And then basically he's like, yeah, and I haven't dated ever since, you know, she died and now I'm ready to get back out there. Well, oh. now somebody's coming out of the woodwork and saying, eh, untrue. Oh. In fact, it's a woman by the name of Carolyn who he very much allegedly dated for two years. Two years? And she's saying, hey, guess what? It's not, he's not all he's cracked up to be. Like, hi, I exist. Yeah, like, hi, he says he hasn't dated, but he for sure dated me. And not only did he date her, she was 22 years his junior. Oh. I believe. Wait, hold on. I got it. It doesn't matter. He was significantly younger. 14 years. Sorry. Okay. You know, different, but similar, like 14 years. They began dating just a month after his wife, Tony, died. 
They had met prior. They had known mm. each other for a while. Mm. They had met prior when they worked together. Um, a month. Um, and a month after his wife died, he reached out to her to ask her a question, and then they started talking. And then a relationship blossomed. And so, you know, I'm not going to, you know, whatever. Like When things, you're going through grief, I don't like to judge people's grief. Things but. happen. So they ended up dating, and then she ended up moving to Indiana because she was not. She was living in Iowa, I believe, at the time. She moved to Indiana uh, to move in with him. He had told her mother, Carolyn. He had told Gary. Had told Carolyn's mother that he had every intention to marry her. Oh. But then once she moved in with him, things really went south pretty quick. Oh. And the the straw that broke the camel's back was that they were getting ready to go to a high, his high school reunion. And uh, he allegedly said to her, I'm not taking you to the reunion looking like that. <gasps> and that is what kind of made the wheels come off the relationship. Now, the point of this is like, listen, it can sound like sour grapes, right? This is an ex-girlfriend coming out and saying, Gary's not all he's cracked up to be. We've yeah. seen it a million times. This is her story. I get it. But the point, the thing to me that's more important to focus on is that none of this is mentioned. In fact, the picture that is painted by the producers of The Golden Bachelor is that he hasn't dated anybody. He's ready to get back out there. There's no mention of anybody he's dated. And it's just not true. Yeah. True. And that, to and me, it's not is... not like, the- okay, you you casually dated someone for a couple of weeks. We're talking about a full-blown live-in girlfriend relationship for, for two years. years. So shame on the producers. Thank you. And that's what I hope that people... This, I just Let me invite you to be angry at the producers. Yes. Like... Gary is just a human being. And, and they said, yeah, don't talk about that. Yeah. Basically. But they're the ones that are the architects of this story. Ooh. Yes. Oh, my god. Same as it ever was. All right. We will be back and uh, we're going to interpret dreams because we forgot to do it yesterday. Yay. Clean. All right. Hey, my talkers. Bradley here for my good friends at Alight. You know Alight and you've probably heard about Alight over the last week or so because of, well, the opportunities to give thanks and to give support to your favorite organizations this time of year. And I would hope that Alight is among your list. Here's why. Alight is a Twin Cities-based organization that spreads out across the globe every day of the year. They've got Team members in over 20 countries around the world. These teams are on the front lines, connecting with communities and providing service and support in the most difficult moments. We want to help everyone, and it seems overwhelming. And while I know you can't help everyone, you can help someone. And the many someones that are served by Alight's teams from around the world. Head to wearealight.org today to show your support, and thank you for the support you've shown thus far. My Talk 1071, thank you for being here. It's the adventures of Bradley and Dawn, minus Bradley. He's on a cruise, but we are so lucky to have Colleen Lindstrom with us. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Yes, and I want to say, sorry, uh, I had a lot of emails yesterday or today saying, hey, what's with the people trying to go back in the podcast and listen Uh, to the dream segment? Um, So we forgot. (laughs) I forgot to interpret dreams yesterday. It happens. We got wrapped up in talking about Omid Scobie's book Mm -hmm. and ooh, the weird uh, printing for justice. You know, we'll get into it actually next hour. We're going to talk about that. But let's interpret some dreams. Let's do it. My 
tell me about your dream. I was back in high school, and I was supposed to take a test. I was naked at work again. I was driving my car, and I couldn't control it. Then, I fell off a cliff with Leonardo DiCaprio. Do you know what this dream means? started i want to say that i'm actually i think i'm caught up <gasps> with dreams that's so, great which is yeah so send me your dreams people. get dreaming get dreaming <laughs> yes. out there and you can do that by going to our website and just finding our show page and emailing and to put dream in the title and uh then i will set it aside and hopefully we'll get some great dreams for next that's week. awesome or just average dreams you don't you know oh, yeah they don't have to be yeah. it can just be like something that you've dreamed of throughout your life a reoccurring dream or something that just happened yeah awesome so, and keep it to a paragraph please yeah because <laughs> yes you know you don't have time to get into the deep weeds of, well, of I the just, dreams it's stuff that i don't need to know like what the color of a dress was yeah. or something like that okay so, yeah okay what do well, we got this one comes from danielle okay and danielle says hi john this dream really shook me up it felt so real Mm. i laid in bed after planning what i would do i was staying in an apartment complex with one of my daughter's friends off the deck there was a hill that overlooked the edges of a big city the friend and i sat out on the hill and watched as the sky as the sky as bombs were unleashed upon the city the bombs glowed as they moved across the sky, some of them hitting fairly near to us. I was scared, and I started praying and closed my eyes and expected to be hit by a bomb at any moment. However, no bomb hit me, and suddenly it was over. The friend and I went back into the apartment where we checked our phones to see if we could get service to check in on our loved ones. Eventually, I was able to speak to my mother, who told me that certain brands of gas stations have been spared and that this war was going to be about oil. This all sounds oh, man. This like is a like little, the plot of a movie. I was just going to say, somebody call Ridley Scott. I know, honestly. Uh, all right, so when you dream about a city, that is actually, it's a pattern of thinking that you have. So if it's a city that you don't recognize, if mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, that's Kansas City where I live, mm-hmm. it's just a city, that is a predominant way of thinking that you have it's a pattern because we have buildings that are repeated mm-hmm. and buildings are frames of mind oh okay. so here we have this structure so it represents that entire pattern that you have okay um and it's an unfamiliar thing to you like you're just learning about it um now the bombs are uncontrolled or unseen like threats oh interesting so um it's like chaos that's happening in your life but it has to do with your inner self interesting there's inner conflict going on Uh and you feel like it's uncontrolled that's Uh what each bomb is okay okay now if we just left it there uh, danielle you'd have to just figure out what's going on in your life but since you said at the end of the dream So the friend is also just an aspect of yourself because the dream is always about the dreamer. Right. And you are dreaming about your daughter's friend. So your daughter is a fully formed idea that you have. So Mm. it's adjacent to something that you've created and that is affecting you. You're having internal conflict and it's getting in the way of, as you're standing there watching, you're thinking about this idea you had that you created Mm. but there's all this uncontrolled chaos around it interesting now the reason 
that I have more details is that it's about oil and the form and function of oil is to uh, make things go. It's energy, like energy for cars, energy for a lot of things. Oil is kind of an important symbol in a dream. Yeah. So what I think is happening is that you are, these bombs are about oil and it's a fight about oil. Oil is energy. So within your day, in this pattern that you have, way of thinking, you are losing energy. So how much energy you have left to complete your tasks in a day, you are feeling like something's going on where you are being depleted. Oh, my gosh. That, if you would have just unleashed that dream on me, I would have come up with a whole different story. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Uh that's deep. It is deep. That and is some deep it's stuff. pretty relatable too. Like right? I feel like, you know, at the age that I'm at, I'm like, I just don't have as much energy as I right? used to, you know? Right. Uh and you're getting worn out by it could be physical things, but it could be mental things, which I think this is a mental exhaustion, Danielle, that you're going through. Can I tell you one thing that I think is fascinating about this before we get to the to another dream? Mm-hmm. Is it's so fascinating to me that that those are relatable instances like you said Mm -hmm. and yet i've never had a dream like that but i'm sure i've had a dream that has told me the same or was working out the same thing yes so that's what i think is so fascinating about dreams is that they're all different and sometimes the same symbols might show up in different ways and tell you the same thing exactly yeah that's so interesting all right are you ready another one for another one this one comes from beth okay Beth said, I have, rec- I, I have a reoccurring dream. Each time it's a little different, though. The main theme is that I'm picking tiny objects out of my skin. And then she gives us an example. One dream, I was in a car crash, and I was picking shards of glass out of my arm. Mm. Another, I was walking through a house under construction, and I kept stepping on little nails and had to pull them out of my foot. Mm. It's never painful or bloody. It's just an odd sensation. I've had five or so variations of this dream. Thank you for any insight. Um, And I am grossed out. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Really interesting here. So you've got... um, So when you dream about your actual body, it's actually about the attitudes you have about your life. Mm -hmm. So a body... When you are dreaming about your body and it... In the dream, when you're dreaming about your own body, it's Mm -hmm. actually a car or a vehicle. Okay. But when you're dreaming about your actual body, this is just about the way you see life. Okay. And the attitudes you have around your life. Okay. So the form and function of your skin is kind of like that's the outer shell. And to hold everything together, the important, your organs Mm -hmm. and your skeleton and everything. So what I think is happening, those little things... These are like little irritations, Beth, that are bothering you, but you are able to see them and you're able to observe these. This is a great dream because you're able to not let it wound you. Yeah. Actually able to pick them off and go, I recognize that hurt me. What my mother-in-law said to me today, but I'm going to pick that off and let, let it go. Does the part where she says uh, it's never painful, it's just an odd sensation. Does that help inform like what you're saying where it's like it doesn't bother her? Is Mm -hmm. that part of that? Yeah, because if it were like she's bleeding, she feels afraid for her life. Uh That would be like her seeing herself as a victim of situations. Interesting. But it's actually a great dream because every time it happens, 
something probably happened to you in your day, like, I don't know, um, you're interrupted constantly, mm-hmm. but you're able to brush those off and That's see so them for just an object and not a part of you. That is fascinating. So this is a great dream, Beth. Um, you have great attitudes and qualities about the way you see life you know what i love about that too and i just want to put a plug in for what you said earlier about like if you've got a recurring dream Mm -hmm. that is so good because now she'll know the next Mm -hmm. time she has this dream kind of more about what it's about exactly right and so that to me always feels more useful sure and in the long term it's always important to look at the 24 to 48 hours before you had a dream so Next time she'll be able to go, okay, what happened yesterday? Oh, yeah, I had a thousand preschoolers screaming, you know, at a point when I was, I don't know what she does for a living, but I'm just saying, you know, like I can see that things irritated me, but I was able to move on. That is so cool. Yeah, because that's, I think, you know, it's interesting because your reoccurring dreams you remember those very well, mm-hmm. but the piece that you miss over time is mm-hmm. that you can't always remember. Sometimes you can remember what happened in the yeah. previous 24 hours. Yeah. If something big happened and then you had a dream and that's why you remember it. But oftentimes, like I always have the dream about um, such a common one that I find extra rooms in the house, yeah. right? Like that. And it's my favorite one. Okay. And I like, I just get so excited when I've had that one, but I don't, I know I can remember those dreams, but I can't always remember what happened 24 hours or 48 hours prior to that. Yes. yes. Do you know what have I told you before? I feel like you have, but tell me again. Okay. So your, um, a house is your frame of mind. Uh huh. So you're dreaming about your mind. You are always discovering new things about yourself. Like you know that you have a vast, amount of rooms yeah but those are like new aspects of you and things about you that you didn't know uh-huh. but you're curious about it and you're interested yeah. so our might we have a great capacity to learn new things and to evolve as human beings yeah and so you are excited by that learning about new parts that of checks out it's that cool. checks out also every time i have that dream one of the things i think when i find the new room is like why haven't I been using this? Like, there's a whole room here, and uh-huh. I never use it. Why am I not using this? Yeah, and every floor in the house means something else, so that's fun. Um, just in in general, uh, to let people sort of know why we dream, you have it's almost like your subconscious mind. Think of it like as a um, security cameras that are running, yeah, through your life during the day. But we don't have time to process everything. That's a lot. So it's like you have your subconscious that takes all of that stuff. Uh, And then it just downloads it into something that it's like, here is what your soul went through today. And you didn't leave yourself room to process it. So we're going to put it in a little movie for you. Yeah. And, you know, through symbols. Yeah. And so that is what dreaming is. One more quick question before we go to break. And I don't know if I can ask this in an articulate way, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Yeah. Are we always dreaming even if we don't remember our dreams? And so are are those movies taking place and things getting processed mm-hmm. even if we don't remember them? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you don't remember your dreams, uh, it's amazing that you can make yourself remember by getting a notebook and writing at the top your name. Like uh-huh. I would write Don McLean. I would put the date. And before you go to sleep, put I will remember my dreams. You keep doing that night after night, and you will start to remember your dreams. That is so cool. And write it down immediately. I mean, when I started doing this, when I studied dreams, 
I would wake up in the night with like three dreams that I was writing down. I have journals and journals of dreams. Oh, so my gosh. it will happen eventually. I yeah. love that. Oh, Don, thank you so much. Yeah, you are no the uh, you're the original dream weaver. <laughs> okay, we are gonna move on to something that happened on an airplane that is pretty extreme. We're gonna talk about it and how we can prevent ever encountering this thing. It's about a passenger that freaks out. Has a meltdown. Oh, gosh. Another person gets up and starts telling a sermon. Mm -mm. So wait for that next. (laughs) The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn, my talk, 107.1. What happens when Kalina's here is we talk a lot during the commercial. I was getting my own dream weaved. Exactly. She's talking about a dream with me. But if you missed it, we did do Dreamweaver today. Uh, We didn't do it yesterday if you missed it. And you can listen back at that. Back at that. Mm. You can listen to that in our podcast. Yes. Okay, I have to talk to you about something I saw through TMZ. Thank you. Sometimes they offer things that are like, ooh. Also, no thank you sometimes. Yeah, exactly. But TMZ (laughs) had this story, and it was about this passenger that melted down on an airplane. It was a Frontier flight. And um, she, this woman just started screaming and having this meltdown. Colleen, you've seen the video. Yeah, there's a lot happening in this video. Mm-hmm. There's um many levels. It's like a skyscraper of chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, And the elevator stops at every floor. It sure does. <laughs> yeah, so she's screaming out. We don't know um really what's going on with her. Um, They're trying she to... She sounds res- like she's like in pain. She is, but she's also, I mean... Climbing over the seats. She is climbing over the seats. Like that's the most... Super that's human. the scariest thing that like people are moving out of the way because she's on top of the seats climbing to the back. Um, and then we have another person involved who is yeah. t- taking the opportunity to... Um, share some wisdom that she's learned. Yes. Um, from a higher power. Yes. Uh, that she worships, which is, you know, we all have a thing. Yeah. You need something to believe in. Yeah. Um, but she's sharing that as a, I, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say that if I were on this flight, I don't know that her role would be helpful in the moment. <laughs> um, yes. because yeah. She's trying to explain to us why this thing is happening. Uh, and I don't I feel like it's hard to deal with the thing that is actually happening when somebody's trying to give you a context for it. Yeah. Um so the woman is yeah. shrieking and screaming and then we have another woman who is saying quite literally mm-hmm. this woman this is not her. She is possessed yeah. by the devil. Yep. So now we're in the exorcist. Yes. So she is, she needs an exorcism mm-hmm. and she needs Jesus. And if you don't want this to happen to you, the world is falling apart. And this is an example of what's to come. Oh my gosh. Like she is prophesizing the apocalypse of mental breakdowns, I guess. Yep. If we don't do this, this is going to happen to us. Meanwhile, I would be sitting in my seat. <laughs> Which is a tight squeeze with my neighbors, who I don't know. Yeah. Thinking, how soon are we landing? Get me off of this thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, the video is about five minutes, but it feels like an hour. Because then other people stand up and just say, like, they're trying to tell the lady, I want to go home. Yeah. I'm trying to get home to Denver. It's just from Houston to Denver, for God's sake. Okay, like, how long is that flight? Um, I would say an hour and a half. Okay. Maybe, Okay. But... It's just, or actually, no. Well, anyway, two hours, something like that. Okay. 
two thirds. Thank you, Mike. Mike. Thank you. you on the Google box. <laughs> I love so it. It's not a super long flight. Right. They had to stop the airplane and, and just land somewhere else to help this woman. Yeah. Because the woman who's going through the mental crisis, like, oh my gosh, it's extreme. Yeah. Um, then the woman who is preaching, which no shame in preaching the word of God. Okay, but yeah, but the there's time a time and a, and a place. place. Yes. Exactly. This uh, that would be a moment where I would be reflective and say, like, what can I do in this moment that will be most helpful? And not that. No, no. <laughs> to evangelize at that time, she goes as far as to start singing gospel tunes. Yeah, and she's the woman is screaming, and she's up at the front singing, and I'm just thinking, if I just like, if I'm in the seat, I'm thinking. Rapture me, please. <laughs> I'm thinking if this is, we're closer because we're up here. Yeah, exactly. Just take feet. me. Yeah. I'm, you know, or let's just move I on. I should have spent the hundred extra dollars to fly on Delta. Okay. For real, though. <laughs> I feel similarly. Sorry. Like, what are we doing? Here's my thing. People didn't used to do this. No, I think they did, they Dawn. Did? I think they did. I think that this is, th- do you know what the difference is? No. We have video now. Oh. So that's the thing is every time something like this happens on an airplane, because you can see in the video, there's ev- almost every other seat's got their phone up. Wa- mm-hmm. And we just wouldn't have heard about this stuff. Like when you talk about the airline peer, the lady who peed in the, um, did oh, you yeah. see that? Um, this was like a week ago. Okay. This was right around Thanksgiving. Maybe you weren't paying attention. It was hard not to. This, I think it was also on a Frontier flight. Oh, God. Man, they're having a tough go. It is. No pun intended. <laughs> um, she dropped trow and went potty because they wouldn't let her go to the bathroom because probably they were like landing or maybe there was, I don't know, turbulence. <gasps> she, she was peeing out of spite. It was a spite pee yeah. <laughs> in the aisle on oh. the floor. Oh. Yes, true I story. I want my butt exposed. No, Number thank one. you. But there's video of it because... People, everybody whips out their, uh, well, she did too. It yeah. takes out their camera to take video. So I do think, here's the thing. I think when we all are in that tin can flying through the air at umpty few miles per hour, uh, so many miles above the earth, I would like to think we've all made an agreement that we're going to be on our very best behavior. And the, I'm not seeing a lot of that I lately. Either. And so I would just like to remind everybody that we make a social contract yeah. to just sit down, be quiet. You know, the other day I was talking to a not I was talking to somebody actually who works here mm-hmm. whose spouse is a flight attendant. Yeah. And I said, you know, I used to think that that would be the most fun job. Me too. And I am not saying it's not a fun or wonderful job, but I am saying I think it's a lot harder than you would imagine at first blush. And so I would like to take this moment because those are the flight attendants. The flight attendants are the ones that have to deescalate the situation. It's almost like they need police training. Yes. And manage. So this one person is clearly having an event. I know. Whatever that is, we're not privy to that. And then there's another person who's, again, not maybe being the most helpful in the situation by, you know, lecturing to everybody. And it's the flight attendant's job Mm. to make sure we're all following our social contract to act on our best behavior in this moment. Oh, my God. It's, I think about it every time I get on an airplane now. I think, is something going to happen? I, and not like I used to. Like, yeah. I used to be afraid of the uh, airplane's ability to actually fly. <laughs> yes. And then I realized they're actually meant to do that. Yeah, so we're that's probably, okay. that's probably, we're good there. Yeah. But I'm looking around at all the other people that I'm shoulder to shoulder with, and I'm thinking to myself, did everybody 
take their vitamins this morning? Mm-hmm. Are we all well rested so that we're going to behave in the best way we can? Yeah. <laughs> because you don't want to be up hurling through the sky and have. That's the scary thing. It's not being 30,000 feet in the air. It's the it's people. being with the people who are 30,000 feet in the air. With you. And, and you can't. It's not like. Mm, it's just like you can't go anywhere. No. You're stuck there. That's it. And no matter what happens, you still have to have time to land somewhere. So if things are really, really happening, it's not like you can just go, all right, everybody leave Put this the down. Yeah, you exactly. Know? I mean, it is just, ooh. Yeah, man, it's it's a rough time to live. But I will say, I bet that there are stories like, here's the other thing I want to say. I think we probably think this happens more than it actually does because everybody has cameras mm-hmm. and we see all the stories. But you have to remember how many flights yeah, that's are true. leaving and coming and Thousands. going and this a day. So so this is like it still is far more rare. Yeah. I'm saying that to make myself Me feel too. better. No, it's good to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because again, it's because we have cameras and it's because that stuff gets clicks. Yeah. That we think it happens more often than it does. Yeah, because that it's help? probably yeah. If it happens like once every two weeks, you're talking about, I don't know, ten thousand flights or something. Yeah, I mean, it's a low many? percentage. It's a low percentage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank God. Math. Okay. All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about a show that Colleen has watched called Escaping Twin Flames. Mm-hmm. She just started it, and it sounds like a pretty mm-hmm. interesting show. It's coming up next on My Talk 1071. Mm-hmm.